This is Damien with a new episode of It's a Fringe, the Buxton Fringe podcast. And uh, last night I went to Fringe at Five where performers get to preview what they're um, going to be doing at the Fringe. And I was really pleased to meet and join in a sing-along with Naomi Paul. Uh, we got chatting and uh, I'm here chatting to Naomi now about um, what she's going to be doing at the Fringe this year. So Naomi, uh, your show is called Despite Everything. Tell us about that. Well, there's a little background story to this title. The show started out with a title of Price Includes Biscuits. And then the next year, it, it, it got a little bit developed. And then I called it Price Still Includes Biscuits. And as things politically got worse and worse, I called it Despite Everything, Price Still Includes Biscuits. And after this long gap with the pandemic, you know, I haven't performed the show for a couple of years. Things have changed and the show has changed a little bit. So it's called Despite Everything, because loads of things have happened. But price does still include biscuits. Despite the austerity that we're all experiencing. And as part of your show, there's, a, there's the library song, I'm going to call it, which I enjoyed singing along to. Part of what you do is audience participation. And tell us a little bit about this song. So this song is called The Librarian's Lament. I mean, it comes from, a, I suppose, from the point of view of a librarian. But I wasn't a librarian when I wrote it. I was actually working in a college uh, teaching there. And uh, one day the drama studio was full of library books. They were just throwing books away. And everybody was running around trying to find somewhere to donate them. And then not long after that, they started building the library in Birmingham. And some people may know that the library in Birmingham is the most amazing building, but very soon after it was opened, there were lots of closures and real issues with its with its um, opening times and access. So the song is really a kind of um, a call to arms, really, to save libraries. And uh, it has a chorus, it comes at the start of the show, and uh, I always encourage people to join in the song. And tell us what else is in your show. You were saying, oh, I find it hard to describe, but uh, I think your description that you gave me just now was pretty good. Well, I think it's comedy, but it's not stand-up. Um, it's a mixture, really. The storytelling, there are songs, so it's on, it has a kind of cabaret style, and the songs are all of different styles, and they're, and they're all throughout the show. Um, and I do involve the audience um, but in quite a controlled sort of way. So there is audience participation. I always say to people, it's really safe on the front row. So when you come into the venue, wherever it is, it's fine to sit at the front. And looking at the flyer here, it says uh, satirical and hilarious, for sure. Four-star show with topical stories and Jewish humour. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes. Um, when I started performing again after the pandemic, I wasn't sure whether I'd need to rewrite the show completely. But actually, a lot of the topical tales turn out to be still very current. It's not party political, but I'm definitely referring to sort of current affairs and politics in general. Um, and in terms of the Jewish humour, I'm not telling Jewish jokes, but I think I'm mining my Jewish background for humour. Uh, I didn't realise until I started writing and performing, you know, how much humour there was, ridiculous things, ironic things in, in, in things that have happened in the past or the things I remember from growing up in London. So uh, unexpectedly, the Jewish uh, background that I ran away from has become an incredibly good source of material. So this is not your first time in Buxton. What brings you back? I really loved it when I came before. So I came in 2019 for the first time and I've been meaning to come for ages and, and hadn't done so. Um, I've got two sets of friends here who very kindly put me up at different times. And so um, I really love the fact that you can breathe here. I've done Edinburgh a number of times. It's fantastic, but it's exhausting and it's, and it's tough and it's crowded. And this is, it's busy, but it's also um, the space, the, 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 the town is very friendly. The, the scale of it is manageable, I think.
like to add that the Green Man Gallery is a fantastic venue to perform in, and I've come back to the same venue. Where else do you perform then? You're, you're Birmingham-based, you go around the country, and you even go international sometimes. Yes, I am Birmingham-based. Um, so before the pandemic, I was going all over the place, really. Um, so solo shows in individual places, um, Edinburgh, Brighton, Buxton, as I said. Um, I, my show is listed with a rural touring agency called Live and Local, which you may have heard of. Um, and those went very quiet during the lockdown, but they're starting up again. So I was in Ripley, uh, Wayne Groves Community Centre recently up in Ripley, and there'll be more bookings in Derbyshire, Nottinghamshire, um, rural community centres coming up. Um, I also have a booking at the Cheltenham Everyman Studio Theatre uh, next January. So that's going to be good, two nights in January. Uh, and where do we go to find out about your other performances then that you're going to be doing after Buxton? So if you're on Twitter, I'm at Naomi Paul Writes. Uh, if you're on Facebook, it's Naomi Paul Performer. And if you're online, the website is also naomipaulperformer.com. N-A-O-M-I and then Paul, P-A-U-L. And so last but not least, uh, let's just make sure we get in where you're performing and what times. So two more shows this weekend, Saturday today, Sunday tomorrow, half past eight, show's about an hour, and we're at the Green Man Gallery and the Ground Floor Gallery. Enjoy your remaining two shows and thanks very much for having a chat with us. Thanks very much, it's been brilliant to talk to you. Thinking about that warm glow you get from supporting a really worthwhile arts charity? For a really very modest donation, you can be one of our special friends, enjoying 10% reductions on tickets, first peek at the programme, and invitations to friends' events. But, of course, it's all about that warm glow. Our friends are an important source of support and safeguarding the future of the Fringe. Look for the Friends page on our website. I'm here at Underground Venues with Steve Vertico. Right, so Steve, you've got a show on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Full frontal nudity. Uh, nud nudity, what am I saying? Nudity, nudity. nudity. Freudian slip. Like, yeah, uh, so um, it sort of does what it says on the tail, but can you tell us a little bit about your show? Yeah, I made it really hard for myself by <laughs> deciding to do a news show. And I thought, you know, it's, everything was kind of staying the same. Nothing was changing much, so how hard could it be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, obviously... Um, it's, it's kind of developed from that. It started off as pure news, as a little sort of stand-up set. And more and more, it's got loads of little surreal sketch bits in it, a bit like Monty Python, a bit like Morecambe and Wise mixed with spitting image and oh, things okay. like that. A lot of animations and videos and green screen and characters that came out a lot of stuff during lockdown, but I've just taken a bit further now. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun to do. So um, why, why do you continue? Because you you've been here a few times with murmurations. Why do you continue to come back to the Buxton Fringe? Like, why do you think it's important to play at the Buxton Fringe? That started off like, why are you still bothering? <laughs> <Steve? It's laughs> like, um, I, just, I love it here. I've got a, a personal attachment to the place because I grew up in Stockport and my oh, grandma yeah. and granddad used to bring me here as a kid. Oh, right. And um, out of all the fringes, I just... I don't know. I love it. It's just really gentle, but you get to see some really lovely stuff here. And it's it's a great place to hang out in. I really, yeah, I really like it. It's not too frantic. It's not like Edinburgh or anything like that no, where you, no. you know, you, you're wearing your legs down. It's, um, I don't know. I just, I, I love the atmosphere of it. And underground venues have been brilliant. They've always been really welcome yeah, yeah. and open to some of the, quite frankly, bizarre stuff that I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really lovely to have that sort of, you know, not to feel like they're tolerating you. They're, they're genuinely interested in what you're doing and going, okay, that sounds interesting. Go on, bring it on. Let's see what yeah, you've yeah, got. Yeah. 
Right. So how did you go? Because I know you as DJ Vertigo, obviously you still DJ. How did a, a somebody who DJs and does other stuff go from that to sort of stand up and performing? Oh, do you know <laughs> what? Um, it, it was, I think the DJing was sort of edging off a little bit right. because, mm. you know, I'm in my 50s now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, I don't know, I loved it at the time and we had, a, we had an amazing time, yeah. an amazing few years. But... I kind of don't want to be stood behind a DJ box when I'm 70, you know, <laughs> yeah, as, my, yeah, yeah. as my main thing. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always loved comedy. Um, I think about six years ago, I'd said one too many times to my wife, I fancy a go at stand-up, and she put wow. me on a course. Okay. And uh, she kind of said, if you do the course, I'll go house with you. If you don't, you've got to pay me all the money back. So I went and did the course despite her. <laughs> right, yeah. um, and then a couple of years have been really, really terrible. But, you know, putting yourself out there, open mic night, stuff like that. I love the challenge of it. And I love, I, you know, I'm always a bit of a smart mouth anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah. I'm quite sarcastic and <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. And... I just I, I grew up on Morecambe and Wise and um, you know Tommy Cooper and Monty Python and a lot of stuff you know my dad introduced me to so yeah. I've always had that that love of comedy anyway and I love writing I do a lot of, a lot of creative writing right. working on a couple of novels and things like that okay. so um, I'm writing one about the DJ times as well so okay. I just I, yeah I love pl I love playing with words and I love writing stuff but I like the surreal slightly off the beaten track yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. like you say the last show was about me joining a murmuration of starlings so <laughs> yeah, yeah. which you could argue is quite niche <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know it's not it's not I've, I've tried doing bits of that in front of a, a stand-up comedy room with a row of scaffolders sat on the front row right, okay. just with their arms folded looking <laughs> at me wearing feathers going what the hell is he doing and I'm just thinking I, I'm going to be lucky if I get out of here with my life do you know <laughs> what I mean but but I love it and I love to me to me it's very similar to DJing because I'm traveling. It's another excuse for me to travel around the country, go to loads of places I wouldn't necessarily go. And a comedy set to me is like a DJ set. You've got an hour, and you can't you can't go full blast all the time, and you can't go low key all the time. You've got to have the peaks and troughs in it, yeah. you know. So it's like a DJ set. You've got your builds and your drops and things like that. I find the rhythms very similar, which wasn't why I got into it, but it's just something I've noticed as as you're going. If you're telling yeah, yeah, a story yeah. for an hour, you've you know this is the classic. Um, story construction of three acts and cliffhangers and things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I like pulling all those threads together. It, it fascinates me, and I'm still learning. I'm ve I'm very early on. I'm kind of more dabbling, but I just love doing it. Yeah. So you can catch Steve, and you, you might not be listening to this anywhere near when it's on. Brilliant! I was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. It's a shame you missed all all three shows. The crowd was cheering. There were tears. It was great. Yeah, that, that's we started this podcast in the way of breathing show, but we're realising people might pick this up late in the day. So like you know, but, but please catch Steve Vertigo at a venue near you soon.